Today we are visiting with the amazing Christy Leith, our Director of Advanced Academics and Special Projects for Goose Creek CISD. She's done a wonderful job of leading and facilitating our Safe Return to School plan. We are looking forward to visiting with her. We hope you enjoy this episode. People just don't know all there is to know about Goose Creek schools. In this district, we grow giants. Welcome to the Goose Call. The juice of the goose. This is episode four. We hope you listen to our three-part Safe Return to School series. Our district has developed a COVID task force, which consisted of several teams who worked on the plan for Safe Return to School. To better explain this plan, we have with us today Christy Leith. How are you, Christy? I'm doing great, Matt. Wonderful. Well, hey, we want to start off by asking you, can you provide an overview of the task force committee, their work, and also an overview of the plan? Sure. Uh, The district created a task force that was charged with developing a comprehensive plan to put into place that would make the environment at school the safest environment for our students, our staff, and our teachers. And that plan actually is is really large. It's composed of 12 different categories, and it was led by district administrators, and each team was composed of campus administrators along with district administrators, teachers, and parents. So we got a lot of input into that plan. Some of the categories that go into the plan, one category was the instructional model that we would be implementing in school. Also, the prevention protocols that were being put into place. What were some things that we were going to make sure happened to uh, provide the safest environment possible? We had a category called facility sanitation. You know, how were our facilities going to be cleaned uh, within this new world we live in? And another one was campus visitor protocols, which I think we might be talking about today and what might change within that area as a result of COVID-19. So that gives you an overview of uh, what we've done. And it was a large effort by a number of different people. It was a great team we worked with. Christy, how were the um, categories selected? Was it a TEA requirement or did the task force, you know, come up with those categories that were essential for us? Sure. The TEA had a blueprint. Actually, it was a a planning guidance document, I believe they they called it. And within that document, there were a number of different categories. So our plan uh, from that, we extracted the categories from that document. And so uh, and then we added to it, actually, because we knew there were some other things we needed to put into place, such as social and emotional category to help students as well as staff through this process. So that's where those came from. Awesome. So the district safe return to school plan is now on our website. And so it's organized in a way where you can pick different topics and and families and and staff can click on those and it drops down. Why did we set up the plan this way? Well, we set up the plan that way, Kendall, because it's so large. Right. Absolutely so large. And we wanted to make it as user friendly as possible for parents, for teachers, for the community. So if they were looking at a specific area or really wanted a specific question answered, they didn't have to go through the entire plan in order to find that. So there was, you know, there are different categories and you can hone in on a category within a drop down menu. Is there a specific reason why we are really directing to the website as opposed to print or, you know, another mode of of giving that to our families? Most definitely. You know, there have been so many changes And updates that have come out from TEA, many times, you know, we've had updates, obviously weekly as things have changed, but sometimes daily. You know, we have to 
make that information as alive and as current as possible. And so the website was the natural way to do that. So to our community, the website is the home of the most recent information. That's what our community needs to know. Most definitely. Okay, great. Okay, so Matt, I know you led the committee that developed the district's response levels, and a lot of our families are really interested in this. So can you talk to me about each of the levels? So our district has created a COVID-19 response level diagram that aligns with the Harris County Public Health threat levels the diagram that they've created that's color-coded. It goes from green to yellow to orange to red. So for us, if a campus is on level green, what that indicates is that that campus currently has zero confirmed COVID cases. That, that includes the staff. That also includes the students. Once a campus moves from level green to level yellow, that indicates that there's been one or more confirmed cases of COVID-19 on that campus. Parents, family members, staff, can go to the campus webpage, their homepage, and check each day to see what level their school is on, whether it be green, yellow, orange, or red. When a campus moves from one indicator or one color to another, then the the school will send out information, they'll send out communication so that family members will know that there's been a level change, and so we're required to do that. When a campus moves from yellow to orange, what that indicates is that there's been an escalated number of confirmed COVID-19 cases at that facility. And so this this could indicate that there's going to be a facility closure. That may be that the the campus has has exceeded 10% of confirmed COVID cases, um, or it may be a lower percentage if local or state health officials recommend that. Once a campus moves or once a district moves to level red, what that indicates is that we've had an escalated number of of COVID cases district-wide at multiple facilities. And so in that case, then we will have a temporary closure of the district, and that will give the district time to do deep cleaning and to almost hit a reset so that we can start school back up. And when we say closure, I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Closure means that students will move from face-to-face instruction to virtual instruction. So we will set up instruction, we'll set up classrooms in a way where if they need to do at-home instruction for a period of time while we deep clean the facility, then we're able to do that. So if I'm a parent and I want to see the details of every response level right now, they're on the website. Yes. So if you go to the, the district website, you can see the entire plan, what Christy was referring to. And at the very top, you can see the response levels and you can read in more depth what each level entails. Okay, great. So then if I want to check once our students return to school, if I then want to check the levels, I go to my student specific campus website. Yes, you can go to the campus website and then those those are required to be updated by 5 p.m. each afternoon. And then again, as a family member, as a parent, you can check the website to see what level your campus is on. Awesome. Okay. So Christy, there are several uh, prevention protocols and we have those listed on the website. One of those is called the self-health assessment. So can you talk to us about this? What What is that? Sure. It's basically a screening process designed to try to prevent the virus from actually entering a facility. So uh, each each staff member is actually required to self-screen each morning before they go to work. And what that entails is basically taking their own temperature, looking at the COVID-19 symptoms, making sure that they don't have any of those symptoms, and then also verifying that they've not been in contact, in close contact, with someone that is lab confirmed in regards to COVID-19. Now, applying that to our students, parents would do the same thing with their child. 
Uh, they would take them through that screening process, same exact step uh, process, making sure that uh, they verify that the kids don't have any symptoms, that they've not been in close contact with a lab-confirmed case, and that they don't have fever. So if they do, they need to stay home. So if you're so basically the purpose of the assessment, if you have any of those symptoms, we're asking families to keep their student home for the day. That's correct. Okay. So we know that we have parents and family members who have a lot of anxiety about sending their students, you know, to school and rightfully so. And so part of the plan addresses classroom procedures, classroom arrangements with desks, uh, classroom configurations, and that sort of thing. Can you tell us a little bit more about this portion of the plan and what, what our district is doing in the classroom? Sure. The procedures that you're talking about, Matt, and protocols will include expectations like not sharing school supplies, because in a normal situation, you know, kids share school supplies in group work and, and so forth and so on. But in this case, they won't be. We'll also be socially distancing, hand washing, and also the use of hand sanitizer. And that'll be in every classroom. It'll be at the entrance and exit of every school. Also, whenever possible, students and staff, they'll be maintaining uh, consistent groupings throughout the day in order to try to minimize the spread of the virus. With group work, there's also going to be social distancing in place inside the classroom. And whenever it's not possible to maintain adequate social distancing, then students and staff will be required to wear face coverings. So a face mask or a face shield uh, covering their nose and their, their mouth. And again, it's all designed to try to uh, make it as healthy of an environment as possible. Okay, so Christy, um, we've always welcomed visitors into our campuses, and we know there's some changes with that. Um, what are the campus visitor protocols? Yes, Kendall, unfortunately... In the world we live in right now, we're having to change that pretty significantly. And so what parents are used to in regards to visiting campuses, uh, it's going to look different. So some of those changes, uh, I'll just name some. Uh, no outside delivery of food or gifts will be accepted during the school day. And um, also... Uh, food being brought in by a student, like cupcakes, which kids are used to doing, you know, for their birthdays. And unfortunately, right now, we're just, we're not able to do that. So we're asking parents not to send that type of thing to school. Also, parents and visitors won't be allowed to eat breakfast or lunch with their child at school right now, you know, until further notice. Hopefully, somewhere this school year, we're hoping that, uh, depending on how things go, that we'll be able to possibly change that. Right. So again, it's until further notice. Visitors are going to be required to utilize the intercom access device that's at the front door of each school, and visitors must have a scheduled appointment as well. And whenever possible, we're trying to implement virtual meetings, let's say for parent conferences, whenever possible. So that's going to be different, you know, for us this year. Also with, you know, whenever parents drop off or pick up their child, they're not going to be allowed to exit their vehicle. Again, that's just simply for safety purposes for everyone. All approved visitors will be required to wear a face covering over their nose and mouth and use hand sanitizer when they enter the building. And that's another change, of course. Each visitor uh, that is approved will be required to complete a health screening, just like what we're doing with our staff as well as our students. So visitors will have to do a health screening 
to determine if they have any COVID-19 symptoms or have come into contact, close contact with someone who's lab confirmed. And then any visitor that goes beyond the front office will also have to have their temperature checked before they're allowed to go any further. All right, great. Okay, well, Christy, we want to thank you for joining us today and providing insight on the Safe Return to School plan. It was very informative, and we know that you and your team have been working countless hours to prepare our community and prepare our district for this plan. So we just want to thank you for your insight today. Hey, thank you. I enjoyed it. As a reminder, Goose Creek families, students will begin virtual instruction at home on September 8th for three weeks. On September 28th, students have the option to continue virtual instruction or participate in the hybrid face-to-face plan. Regardless of which option you choose, all parents need to enroll their children on our website, www.gccisd.net, if you have not already done so. Be sure to reach out to us if you have any questions concerning the Safe Return to School plan. Thank you for listening to the Goose Call podcast, and we will see you soon. Interested in advertising on our podcast? Visit the community tab at our district website, gccisd.net.